Hi everyone, this is Lucas and welcome back to another episode of Baritone. Today we are featuring an interview with James Duke of All the Bright Lights. Old Bear recently reissued the self-titled All the Bright Lights record on vinyl, so go pick up a copy of that. It's available on lightintheattic.net. Just search All the Bright Lights. I think this is a cool album and I've been nerding out on James' guitar work for a little bit now, so it was really cool to listen to him talk about this collection of songs. All right, enough messing around. Here's Anthony, Mo, and myself sitting down virtually with James Duke. So maybe just open up a little bit with uh, telling us about that project and, um, you know, who was in the band with you and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, it, uh, it was me, it's, it, or it's me, my brother, John, and Jacob Arnold, just the three of us. Um, really, it kind of started just out of me and my brother wanting to uh, just experiment and make some music. And we hadn't, he lived in Atlanta and I lived in Charlotte and we hadn't really gotten to play much music together for a few years. Like we spent most of our lives growing up playing music and, and, uh, together. And so we were just talking about it and I had been writing for probably, two years uh uh just you know me and my guitar in my room and just you know just working on stuff really uh at first it was basically just because you're a uh, musicians just need to play you know and songwriters need to write and and so there wasn't a whole lot more thought and to it than that i would just every you know day i'd go to my music room and I would just start playing and I so I had a handful of what I felt like were really solid ideas and kind of uh just basic outlines of some song ideas and I and so I didn't really know what 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 they were going to like really actually sound like or anything like that but so uh, me and my brother were talking, and so he had a studio in his house, uh, in his basement, and so we just kind of made scheduled time and it actually decided to make it happen. So I remember mm-hmm. going uh, to Atlanta for the first time, and I think I spent two or three days maybe, maybe a little bit longer, and we would, uh, John, Jacob, and I would uh take in the morning and I would play them an idea and then we would just start recording it and seeing what happened. That's and cool. so probably the first song that I showed them was a song called chest of drawers. That's on that. That's second, uh, second track, I believe. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so when we started tracking, literally I started. And so we just put a click and I just started playing the song mm-hmm. and, and I think I probably started with just like some background 
some noise hack or something on my guitar and with all my stuff. And then slowly we just started layering it, just guitars. And so it was, and then, you know, uh, started adding the drums and stuff. And so by the end of that day, we had it, we had a pretty good, uh, basic idea of it all tracked and just kind of grew from there. And so, um, but that was the first song that we did. And I just remember <clears throat> really kind of hearing each track, just really kind of feeling like we were onto something mm. because we didn't, we had, literally had no idea. We didn't know if there was going to be singing on any of it or not. We didn't know like literally anything. We were just jamming basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so we did that. Uh, you know, we we spent a few days the first week doing that and then I would go home and then we'd find another few days and I'd come back and it, and, uh, it was, it was like a really cool opportunity because I had spent so much time, um, collaborating with other musicians and artists and recording and touring and stuff. But I was kind of in one of those times where I really just felt I, I, I was just kind of bored and mm -hmm. I really just felt like I was in a rut and stuff. And that really kind of just opened up my whole kind of changed my life. Just being able to have the opportunity to just sit down and just do whatever I wanted. Right. Like, no, there was nobody to tell me that I couldn't do whatever. I just right. did whatever I felt like doing. And, and so that was, yeah, that's basically how it kind of started. And it took a, it probably took, several months to to finish it uh -huh. but just using the time we had and finding days here and days there and we would just keep working we uh, we got to where we had most of the everything done and then we would just go back and keep fine-tuning and adding stuff and really it took until john said we're done yeah. so, i would have just i would have just kept going you would have kept yeah and so yeah but yeah that's like the basic kind of thing we did and we just the three of us just it was so great for all of us we it was uh, a really cool experience can imagine so it, it kind of felt like a like a you know almost uh i guess a semi-organized jam session but not you know it was it was uh and and to be able to do something with your brother which you know yeah. which i know from personal uh experience is always um a little extra special plus it makes our mothers a little you know happy <laughs> right yeah totally <laughs> and uh yeah for sure and it was we uh he's such a unique musician and we tend to work really good with each other like he he usually will he sings real melodically too uh -huh. and so he he was really good with those songs because i would 
a lot of them I had kind of the basic uh, sections and like the key uh, underlying melodies and stuff. Uh-huh. And then he would he would be really good at like counter melodies and like or and just pointing out like oh there definitely needs to be something else here and he would he would just immediately start singing something or he he was really the person that decided like that kind of stepped up and started like adding vocals to it and really cool little vocal melodies and lines for each song that really just I felt like really tied the whole thing together and mm-hmm. and so it it's all it was uh it's always great i feel like we have a really good chemistry like that connection so yeah yeah so what's the what was the band makeup um it was you on guitar and then yeah me on guitar um john um played was on bass and he he was singing i sang like i would sing back up on some of it and then jacob on drums jacob engineered it all as uh-huh. well and um so yeah that was it's just the three cool. of us on that i think oh yeah and then my my friend uh joel Corey, who i kind of i knew i've known for years since growing up in jacksonville florida um he played all the keys and electric pianos and whirlitzers and stuff on that that's cool so that i also was a really cool thing too also notice like a theme that's like uh Joel, John, Jacob, Jacob, and James. Yes. So Whoa. nobody else could play on this if you don't have a J. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's uh that was one of the first rules we set, yeah. actually. <laughs> and uh Jeremy Griffith mixed it. So there there it is. Oh, yeah. All the bright J's. Great. All the bright J's. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys uh, ever play play shows? With the band? Yes, cool. we did. Yeah. Um, we did a whole tour, like a national tour opening up for John Mark McMillan, uh-huh. which was fun because uh, I was in his band. And so we um, were the opener for that. And that was really awesome. And it was like the most nervous I'd ever been, <laughs> which was, <laughs> yeah. was kind of nice. But it's funny how like insecure you get, like, uh, but I guess because it was like, you know, our music, but I was like a nervous wreck every time and worried it was going to sound, if it was going to sound good and all that stuff. But it was really amazing, actually. And it really, uh, the kind of fan base that happened after, because it was already kind of a buzz with the record, but then after touring, like the fan base really got really cool and the sales really spiked for a long time and so it was a that was a really helpful thing i was really thankful that john mark let us do that and then we've done we would do like corporate kind of stuff Mm -hmm. you know and some stuff like really kind of random like big huge arena things but or (laughs) corporate things and it was always fun and yeah we, we played did some stuff in brazil stuff like that that's cool man that's really cool when i was listening to it i I, I had the thought that it could be a really cool uh like in a movie like i could i could definitely see or hear this music being used like as a soundtrack of a movie or has anyone like approached you for like licensing or anything like that yeah it it, uh 
it's been on a lot of stuff actually different that's songs sweet. Yeah. nice yeah. that's cool that's really cool As a musician, how did that, you know, play out for you? How did you become a musician and, and all that stuff? Um, yeah, I grew growing up. Um, my my parents aren't musicians, but they are big time music lovers, and so there was always music in our house and and uh, kind of in every corner of our house. My older brother would be playing something in his room. It was like everyone had something going on uh-huh. in there musically in there and so i i basically started playing guitar there was always a guitar in the closet even though i never saw my dad play it but <laughs> and so like i would kind of mess around with it but i started playing guitar basically because two of my best friends decided they were going to take guitar lessons and i didn't want to be left out and <laughs> so i um i started as well and i from there you know i <clears throat> i would just play I played at my church and kind of started bands and just what like whatever I could do I was, all I wanted to do was play guitar and so I um yeah for a lot of years I, I played with my friends and had bands and traveled around and recorded uh and that was sort of how I got started uh-huh. yeah uh-huh so just same with my brother. He he was the same. He he started playing drums and guitar and bass and when he was a kid too. So we always had that kind of thing in common mm-hmm. from the beginning. I think the first time that we met was was through John Mark McMillan. And uh so you were playing with him. How long did that last with that whole configuration of your story there? Um I played with John Mark uh let's see probably about 10 years pretty consistently mm-hmm. started kind of it started with because uh, we were at the same church in charlotte and that's uh-huh. actually where i met him before i even moved up there and and uh i started with me recording on his records and then uh we worked at the same church as well and then i start after i stopped working at that church excuse me i um I started traveling with uh, a guy named Jason Upton uh-huh. and, 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 and then at that round at the same time, John Mark started doing a lot, a lot more. His, his kind of music started to take off a little bit and, and a couple years in, he, we kind of sat down and figured out a way that I could come on and be full-time playing with him and so uh, i think it was about five or six years that we like were pretty uh just did everything together yeah and um and then after that i still played on some records but i wasn't touring anymore
people that that follow you and and your music and all that stuff are really interested in what you were using and yeah um, and so it's probably it, it was 10 years ago so i'm sure there has been some changes since then but but uh, maybe just speak a little bit into you know how you sort of developed the sound that you have you know not only on the record but leading up to today yeah i um I, I, my sound i would say kind of started changing um when i was in uh when i right when i moved to north carolina um i guess just uh just even being in a different place geographically and different friends like you start to kind of change and i remember right after i moved i took my wife uh she was my girlfriend at the time to Asheville to uh to see Over the Rhine which is like her favorite band <laughs> and uh I had never really heard like I had heard them just before, because of her listening to it but I wasn't really familiar with them so we went and they were playing at this little club in Asheville and the guitar player who I, I didn't have any idea who it was at the time for the, just for that one tour was Paul Moak uh-huh. And, and, uh, he, like when I walked in there, like in this tiny club, not a very big stage and like one whole side, half of the side stage was like his stuff. Like he had <laughs> a full like rack unit, like rack with like five feet tall with just all this rack gear, huge pedal boards, pedal steel, all these vintage amps, wow. tons of guitars. And I was like, what in the world is this? <laughs> and so, and then he started playing and he like blew my mind. Um, because he made their music like a lot more like edgier and rocking. Uh, but it also like he would do this like really huge soundscapey guitars. And it just like really made me kind of change my perspective on stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I remember like the next time I went, to play, I kind of like turned the effect level on my delay pedal up more. And like, I just started realizing like, and trying to figure out how to make my guitar sound bigger uh-huh. and wider and just, uh, deeper. And, uh, and so, uh, I kind of, that was like one of those moments that I like kind of made me rethink everything. And, um, and so slowly, like I started really, um, getting better at kind of finding the sounds that I would like always kind of hear in my head or kind of see visually uh-huh. or, or like, like how I would want something to sound. And I really just started turning knobs on my pedals and, mm-hmm. uh, turning up, turning my amp up or down or however I needed to just to get it to work. And, and it was really a slow process and it, and I, I wasn't like, I'd always kind of been into guitar gear, but but back then it wasn't like it is now where everyone's like looking at everybody's pedal boards and stuff. Like I didn't yeah. really know what everybody used. Right, okay? right. Um, and so I had, I would just kind of slowly add stuff and figure out how to use it. And what, what kind of helped me especially writing a lot of the songs was when i would be playing with when i was playing with jason upton especially 
it was like a really small band and there would be times where like he wouldn't even play piano. And so I would have to like fill up a lot of space. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of figure out, and his music's real, like it's really like not about the guitar at all. And so I would have to figure out how to like stay out of the way and then kind of, but still make the, make it feel a lot bigger and do all this stuff. And, and then there'd be times where I would be the only like, kind of courting instrument and so i would have to just play play yeah yeah and and that's actually how a lot of the ideas for the first all the bright lights album happened because i would just be playing while he was like just talking basically Uh Uh and sometimes he'd be up there really just talking for like an hour yeah i'd be back there playing and so i wrote a lot of songs like that and and the the for that specific album um, everything was really quick. So it wasn't, I wasn't like, there's definitely times where I'm like tweaking to get a certain sound, but everything was real fast. Cause it was like such a, like a creative time that we were, it was literally like, give me another track and I would just yeah. grab something and play it. And, and so I played for guitar wise. It was like mainly my old Strat and a telly. And I played a little old cheap Dan Electro guitar, like, like the guitar on Willora Lake is Uh a hundred dollar Dan Electro, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, and, but, and then amps, like sometimes I would bring my amps, sometimes I wouldn't. So like, I honestly don't remember what amps I played through. Yeah. Like uh, I remember it was probably definitely some of us, my chieftain, which I've used for 20 plus years now. And, like an AC 15, I think was there some uh-huh. and like, it like wasn't even about that though. Right. I just right. needed something to make noise, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I've, I'm always, I've always kind of been like that. I kind of still am, but, um, like effects wise, you know, <clears throat> it was lots of like older half broken stuff, like old memory man pedals and, uh-huh. um, uh, kind of simple boss, delays and just stuff like that boss reverbs and then whatever was around we'd just plug into you know yeah um yeah so it was like a it was literally though it was just everything everything was moving so fast and we were just like almost didn't want to take the time to stop to like try to figure out a tone or something so we would just play right you know and but they are the guitar sounds are really huge and it wasn't it wasn't like a wall of guitars it's like a mono guitar and it just layers yeah yep and and yeah it's when i listen to it now like the yeah the guitar sound to me i just i feel like the guitars her sounds so good. Uh, I'm, honestly, like I'm like a lot of times I'm like I don't even know how I did that. I don't even know how I did that again, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I was really I'm really proud of it. It's it's it was like a guitar nerd album. Sure. But it kind of presented different. Like I I had never really listened to music that even like in that genre. I didn't. You know what I mean? Like I right right. I didn't listen to anything like that. Like. I later on people were like, Oh, you must be, you know, be heavily influenced by like explosions in the sky or mm-hmm. Sugar Rose and stuff. And I like knew those names, but I literally had never listened to them. 
Yeah, and I was like, maybe yeah. I should listen to all my influences now. I don't know. <laughs> but, but we weren't, yeah. So we weren't literally, we're not trying to uh, be part of a genre of music or sound a certain way. We literally just did that. And right. So, um, so yeah, it was really cool. And like for, for the bass, my brother would just play like an old, his old jazz bass and, he would uh, play like uh, you know he played through like those old uh, electro harmonic bass synth pedals and different uh-huh. stuff you uh-huh. know or, um yeah it was just real everything was just very fast so yeah you know he and he's like even less of a he's like the uh, the most amazing bass player that doesn't even care about being a bass player like he doesn't <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah, he's so yeah. good and like does not care about it at all and so he just he doesn't think it twice about it right he just does whatever and so we're kind of a lot like that in some ways but yeah um it all started yeah so the core of us you know we would record and jacob is an unbelievable drummer and i loved working with him a lot on that record because for me like especially on a lot of these songs like like chest of drawers and the door um, uh, Laura Lake, um, waiting on a child, like, for, like I, I, uh, am not a drummer at all. So I, I would just kind of tell him like, I'm seeing like something like this, like, and he'd go and just try and he would, was really patient. I'm sure it's really annoying. I know it's really annoying. <laughs> Drummers hate being told what to do anyway. Yeah. yeah. But like, I'd be like, uh, that sounds good. Can you uh, just stand up and play the same thing? And he'd be like, okay. <laughs> like stupid stuff like that. And then he'd play it and I'd be like, that was it. Yes. And he's like, this guy's an idiot probably. But yeah. like, um, the last song on that record is called Close Your Eyes. And it's like this long kind of this jam basically. And we, the whole thing, we did guitar and drums first and so we tracked that live together and we didn't really knit, like we were just playing and so that was a fun one and yeah so it was just a cool process that is awesome always curious to know when it comes to uh mostly instrumental music how do you come up with the titles you know yeah um that's like if when you make music like that that's to me that's like the hardest part yeah not really writing the songs or performing them good it's like trying to come up with titles that don't make you look like a jerk you know what i mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) because especially in that kind of music it's like people try to come up, especially if it, there's no lyrics. I feel like a lot of times people try to come up with like these like super inspiring or motivational sounding titles or, you know, just like 
or just like these weird titles that are supposed to be like really profound. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. okay. And so <laughs> I remember, I, I think I probably did that a couple of times and John would be like, I think maybe you uh, are trying a little too hard to name this song. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's fair. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah, so there was definitely a couple that I named because of the, where I was or what was going on. So like, well, Laura Lake, I wrote, you know, at my house and I lived on a street called Willora Lake. Okay. You know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and so that one, like, uh, waiting my child, I wrote like the week of my son's due date, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh, and, you know, first time dad, you're like, dads, I feel like, uh, you find out your wife is pregnant and you're like, Oh my God. But then you're like, Oh, it's cool. I have nine months to get, get all my crap together. So right. Fine. Right. And you think that until like the day of you constantly, you're just like, I have nine months. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's like eight months in. I still have nine months to get all my crap together. And so like, I, like the week of when you start, when I started to realize like this could happen literally at any moment. And I'd go to bed at night next to my wife, who's, you big and pregnant and I'm just can't even go to sleep because I'm like she could she might wake me up right and then I have to right. be a dad mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and so I was really like you're like uh just overwhelmed you yeah know? yeah and so I remember one afternoon I just sat down in my music room right in front of my amp and just started playing and that that's what I would play you know yeah Sure. You just looked over and saw a dress, and you're like, no, dress of drawers. <laughs> yeah, dress <drawers>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and then uh, the other ones, like, chest of drawers, I uh, named after a conversation with Daniel Lanois and Brian Eno that is, is on Daniel Lanois' documentary, Here uh-huh. Is What Is. Uh-huh. I remember that. Yeah. And for some reason, when... Brian, uh, when Brian Eno talks about this chest of drawers he found in like an antique store, uh-huh. it like blew my mind. And, and so that's sort of how I wrote that song was like being like thinking about that kind of, that conversation for some reason. I don't know what, what it was, but it was about it. <laughs> it's so silly, but it's like, I, um, hearing him like talk about him looking at how beautiful a piece of furniture was and how if he let it it could like be the beginning of a whole new life for him yeah or something like that yeah. like it, yeah i was like holy moly like that's there's something about it that it just wrecked me for a little while and so yeah so that's that song kind of was 
I'd been working on and and listening for some reason that conversation just really resonated with me and so I think I tried to name that was one of the songs I had tried to name like something really inspiring and <laughs> yeah uh, and then I just realized that it was called Chester George. That's a great, that's a great uh, little documentary too. I mean, I, I remember watching that documentary for the first time, and it it formed, it formed me as well. Just the whole, his whole approach to music, and um, obviously the way he plays and um, all that stuff. But um, yeah, so that's funny. I I would never have put that together though. You know, so that's that's why yeah. those stories are kind of cool and unique. Um, well, I mean, what so what types of maybe we move a little bit uh, past it. So what are you doing these days? And, and you know, what are people looking out for? Um, these days I am I've kind of. We released two records with all the bright lights yep. and ha- are always kind of talking about doing another. Um, and I, I would love to. Uh, I don't know when that'll happen. Maybe when we're all uh, 50 years old or something. <laughs> um, but I've been writing for for a few years and just writing a whole bunch of stuff that at some point I would like to turn into a collection of songs for a record. Uh Um, and then, you know, I, I've been pretty busy the last few years, just do playing and recording people. And, um, I kind of have slowed that down some and trying to focus more on being around town and not having to be on the road all the time. So that's been nice. And, I'm still recording a lot all the time and uh, especially at my house now and always working on music. Uh-huh. I, um, I am working. I just took a position doing A&R for a label. Uh-huh. So I'm excited about that to help try to, I've always kind of had a, well, wanted to do stuff like that, like help develop artists and find artists and do that kind of stuff. And so that's a new development too that I'm excited about. And I don't know, I'm really grateful because I feel like I have a really unique, uh, I've had a really unique career where I feel like I have always sort of been, especially early on, but like a lot of times, like I was always doing like independent music Uh and, uh, getting to, uh, like never like having like a big quote unquote gig, but like 
always found myself in really uh, uh, awesome musical situations that kind of let me, gave me permission to kind of do my thing. And it kind of led to, it's led to a lot of really uh, awesome opportunities for me. And sometimes I think about it, I'm like, I'm just a guitar player. Like I, 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 but I've, it's, it's awesome to where just when you have a dream as a kid to be a guitar player that you don't even like have any other goal besides that. Like I just wanted to play my guitar right, and like right. how that, where that will lead you if you let it, yep. you know? Yeah. So it's the it's, chest of drawers all over again. It's the chest of drawers. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Guitars, the chest of drawers. And so, yeah. Um, I don't know why I said all that, but yeah. I, uh, so I'm, I'm, I still am making music. Uh-huh. I uh, focused on mainly the last couple of years doing my best to just play music especially live with just my friends the music that i really believe in uh-huh. and um yeah just staying busy that's awesome man well, that's awesome well thanks yeah. for taking some time Thank and you. and talking through this i mean it's you know it's become it has been over the years but a pretty uh, a staple of mine anyways to be listening and um, and so it's it's good to, to to finally just sit down for a few minutes and just kind of chat it out a little bit about it, you know. Yeah, so, for sure, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, thank you. We Sweet. appreciate it, man. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks, it. Good All day. right. Good have, to meet you. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for listening to Bear Tone Podcast. You can find the All the Bright Lights vinyl at lightintheattic.net. Big thanks to James Duke for taking the time to chat with us. If you want to stay in the loop with what's going on with Old Bear, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Just search Old Bear Records. Shout out to Anthony Hoisington for helping produce this podcast. And thanks to Sarah Bridgman for creating the show's artwork. We have some more episodes in the can that will be coming your way soon. So keep your eyes peeled. Uh, Until then, peace. Peace.